Welcome to the Small But Mighty Podcast, where we dive into the world of connection. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome. My name is Corey, and I'll be your host for the next hour. This season, we will be journeying through the science, the spiritual, and everything in between when it comes to mental health and how it's connected. Each week, we will have guests joining us to tell us about their mental health journey and how they connected their life experience dots to their mental health dots. I am not a mental health professional, and I encourage all listeners who are in need of help to reach out to a mental health practitioner. There are many reputable service provider websites, my favorite being Psychology Today. So you can just go on Psychology Today and you can type in your state or your city or your zip code and they will give you a list of providers. And you could also just reach out to your insurance if you have insurance and they can hook you up with some providers as well. Also, is it 988 is the new number for, um, I believe in America, pound 988 is the number, the new emergency number for mental health too. So you can always reach out there as well and find somebody you can talk to. This episode is brought to you by Mama Fofo's Greek Restaurant. Head over to the Garage Food Hall in Indianapolis, Indiana and check out their new combo menu. My favorite is the hero or the falafel wrap it comes with french fries or your choice of a side greek side salad it's delicious but if you don't want a whole meal their tour of greece is also one of my favorites because you get some hummus a little bit of tzatziki dolomaza or whatever however you pronounce that it's grape leaves y'all okay i can't pronounce that and then feta and olives so yeah and they also have baklava cheesecake so what can you say it's my favorite place so check it out it's delicious you won't be disappointed so now that that's all out of the way let me tell you a little bit about myself I grew up in a factory town and for the most part um, it was booming I would say it was kind of booming we had GM was there um, Thompson was there up until I was in middle school, Allison. So we had like quite a few. And then for the people who didn't work in the factories, then we had, you know, the hospital and the, uh, school systems and stuff like that. And then it was also still a really big farm town. <clears throat> so, um, kind of had a, I wouldn't call it a small town, but I wouldn't call it a big town either. Or I guess you could call it a big town. Cause then what's after town city? So I'd say it's a big town. It has one of the biggest... A little big town. <laughs> a little big town. That's Shawnee D. You hear in the background, everybody. That's our producer. Hey. Hi. <laughs> um, let's see here. My parents have been married. They'll be celebrating 50 years this year. I have one older sibling. I am the only girl. I was a tomboy growing up. I would still consider myself a tomboy now um my grandparents are my heroes and when I said um that'd be my mom's parents um I love them to death I tried to emulate my life 
after theirs as much as possible when it comes to um, giving back to the community. They are the ones who I think instilled, you know, always give to the people around you. You know, give if you have something to give, give it. Um, and don't expect anything in return. But they used to um, volunteer with the Red Cross and they went all over the world doing disaster relief. And um, I think that's the first real big seed planted um, in my life of wanting to do some mission work of sorts. You know, that's like my goal in life is to be able to just go around the world doing mission work. Um, so yeah, they were my heroes, love them to death, bless their souls. They're not here anymore. <laughs> I love them. I miss them. Um, I grew up in church and I love church. I still love church. I loved going to church as a kid. Um, I loved my youth group leaders. I loved our pastor and, um, well, let me rephrase that. I love our youth group leaders and I loved our newer pastor. <laughs> I love our older pastor too. He was just really old and, um, he kind of reminded me of what's the old man, the bad guy's name on the Simpsons. Mr. Burns, is he the one who owns the plant? Yeah. He kind of reminded me of Mr. Burns. Now, mind you, I was <laughs> looks wise, I'm saying. He was really nice, really sweet. And I'm not saying he is ugly. He was just bald. His, I remember right he. <laughs> I like men who are bald. Okay. Every. <laughs> I'll take that. I mean, I have a running history. Um, this is true. I know. Anyway, don't sidetrack me. I'm doing really good here. Um, anyway, he looked like Mr. Burns to me. And I'm sure now that I think back at it, his nose was not near that big. But he did wear glasses and he was bald with the hair on the side. And he, But he's very quiet. And I was just really young um, by the time he retired and our new pastor came. I loved our new pastor. He was young. He had a daughter my age. And um, he helped coach our um, softball with my dad and um, yeah so it was just like you know small town kind of American living back during the 80s and 90s I think it was essentially what people would consider a, a typical American life um, but yeah so I grew up in church and the when in our elementary school, Sunday school, we had our church um, Bible study group and our leader, Chuck, he um, tasked us with coming up with a name for our Sunday school group slash youth group. And we came up with the name um, Small But Mighty. And so that's where um, this name comes from. It's kind of an homage to, you know, my childhood and the importance that that group, you know, kind of... Um, had in my life. It, you know, planted some seeds and it watered them and uh, it's taken me, it's, it's stayed with me all throughout my life so far. And so that's where that came from. And then, um, you know, after 
he we graduated into our middle school youth groups and stuff. Um, we started doing do a, doing service learning trips and going and seeing um, just what life was like and not so um, in situations and places that we didn't get to see growing up where we grew up. And um, that was very impressionable. And um, it allowed me to grow in a sense of getting to see other cultures and other people who might not um, have had the support or the finances or even the upbringing that we got to have and um, at a young at such a young age it really helped give me insight to life just in general of how you know things affect people differently and how that can then influence um, how other their children's lives um, you know, what goes on in their lives, because we were doing, like, service work at different children's detention centers and things like that. Um, you know, church was always a place where I felt safe, is one of the, very, like, one places where I knew I could go, and um, there was a hug, um, there was an ear, um, you know, there was just support, and I just always really enjoyed being at church. And it's just still one place that I really just enjoy being at because my, all my church family, they're good at giving hugs and making sure you're okay and just checking in on you. Um, same goes for um, my grandparents. Like I was saying, they did service work and um, really they were the reason why I wanted to do so much with like helping people and with the general public and really working with them. And um, they were my safe place too. Outside of church, they were my safe place. Um, I remember I got grounded for going to their house. I had no idea how to get to their house. They didn't live in the same town as us. And I had just gotten my license and we got into a fight. My mom and I got into a fight and I grabbed my keys to my car. And um, it's not typically really your car when you're not paying for the insurance and you didn't buy the car. <laughs> your parents just say this is the car we're allowing you to drive you don't have to share it with anybody so but as a parent now that was not my car to be taking out of town and I heard as I was walking out the door my mom yelling at me you better not leave and I left and I don't know how she knew to call my parent my grandparents to see if that's where I went but she called my grandparents and um, I wasn't there yet. My grandma had already, like, my mom had already gotten a hold of her by the time I got, to, got there because they lived 45 minutes away. And so I got there. My grandma gave me a sandwich, gave me a good talking to, gave me a hug and told me to turn around and go back home where then I got grounded on top of the grounding I was getting anyway. I don't even remember what the argument was about. I just remember I was so upset and frustrated and I wanted to go, you know, I just wanted to go away. I wanted to escape. I didn't, you know, being in a small town, it's kind of hard to escape in a small town. You know, there's no place to go. And I just wanted to go someplace where I was, you know, 
my grandma, I was the only girl <laughs> on that side. And my grandma was the only girl. She had five brothers, I think, five or six brothers. So I went where the sympathy was at. And so I just wanted to feel safe. And um, so now you have a little bit of my background. I'll tell you a little bit about my person or well, um, yeah, maybe. Let me think. How do I want to do this? So anyway, yeah, my grandparents, they were my safe place. And once my grandma passed, and we'll discuss that and um, in more details later, but once my grandma passed, it's like my adult life just flipped, turned upside down. And she passed when I was in my young adult life. Like I was still in college. So it was, she was the only place I felt safe you know, they they were the only place where I felt safe. And so um, once, once that was gone, it was really the beginning of just, um, I think all the mental health, like everything that was like just kind of um, being, I wouldn't say like pinned up, but I would definitely just say it was like piled up waiting for like the something on the camel's the last thing on the camel's back the last straw I was looking for that the last straw on the camel's back before it just like kind of broke down you know um but yeah so that's a little bit of my history we'll get more in depth this season and um I'll be bringing some friends from high school on I'll be bringing just friends um throughout my life it'll be fun it'll be an in interesting little journey um but yeah to describe myself a little bit, I hope um, people would see. I'm. I would consider myself goofy, Sean. No comment. Shut up. <laughs> he can yay or you can yay or nay in agreement. Okay, fine. Okay. You can be goofy. Goofy, I didn't. Goofy's different than funny. You said goofy. I know. Oh, I'm so saying. Funny. I would say I'm goofier than I am funny. <laughs> goofy can be funny. It can be both, but I would say, on average, I would say I'm goofier than I am funnier. My funny has to be at, like, the right moment with the right people. It has to be, I can't just sit and come up with a joke. I'm not as skilled as you. He cranks them out like it's Nonstop. peanut butter jelly time or something. They just pour it out. I don't even think about them. <laughs> just let me know how much more unskilled I am <laughs> lack of skill I have um what about I have I still say I have a like a good sense of humor though absolutely I can laugh at myself and I'm self-deprecating <laughs> at times I come from the school of if anybody's gonna laugh I'm going to laugh first at myself before anybody else. Mm -hmm. You take away people's ability to, you know, make fun of you if you can make the joke first. You want to know who I learned that from? Eminem. No. Did he do that? That's how he was battling everybody. Oh, well, <laughs> some super fan I was. <laughs> Say it before they could even get it. I wasn't concerned about his story. I thought he was good looking. I still think he's good looking. I still think Eminem's good looking. Eminem, if you're listening, you could get it. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I'm curious. And this is kind of where this podcast came out of. It's my curiosity. I like to, um, in my spare time, like all the time, whenever I don't have something else to do, I like to read Psychology Today journals. <laughs> and I do. I sit and I read Psychology Today journals and I read neuroscience journals. And that's kind of where the idea of connecting the dots comes from because as my mental health kind of kept declining, it didn't make sense to me. And so I, I want to when I'm that person when one of my friends gets diagnosed or family gets diagnosed with something, I go and I research about it. I want to know about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to know. So that's kind of as my mental, as I started noticing my mental health just being all over the place, and not being satisfied with the therapy and not being satisfied with the results as if I was not trying. Um, I needed it to make sense from a scientific standpoint. Like, what's my brain doing? I've had six major concussions, physical trauma. So I, that's really what made me start reading into these things to see the science behind it, to see if that had something to do with it. And so... Um, I started doing more and more research, and I found out um, that there's things called um, post-traumatic stress response rather than calling it post-traumatic stress. Um, what's the word? Because I don't even use it anymore. What's the DN uh, PTSD? Uh, Disorder. Nothing. Post-traumatic. Stress disorder, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so when I start to think about it as, like, a response rather than a disorder, you can't fix a disorder. It's there forever. You can medicate it, but it, won't go away. it can't go away. But there's been plenty of research to prove that if you address what's causing the um, – address the trauma that's causing the stress, then um, – the response to that will stop. So um, I'd started doing more research into that and looking stuff up into that. And it was just really eye-opening. And I started to be able to connect the dots from things that go all the way back to my childhood. And so now we're here. And I'd like to share all that with you and take you all on a journey. And I'm hoping, my goal is, is that by sharing my journey and my path and the things that I learned, that we can all kind of learn together and um, have a place where people feel safe and validated and eventually um, create a community where we can kind of discuss these things because I know a lot of people don't like discussing it still. So come along for the ride and uh, enjoy learning a little bit about ourselves. Um, as we go to break, We'll come back and we will talk to my mom. My mom's going to be on the line and we're going to get to know a little bit more about me. So, yeah. So, everybody, welcome. This is, Welcome back. I have on the line my mom. I figured for my first podcast, it's the Get to Know You podcast. I thought it'd be fun to have my mom come on and answer a few questions about me to see how well she really knows me. And also, I want her to tell. Um, I want her to tell a little bit about the beginnings of my life. Anyway, my this is my mom. She lives out in Maryland. She's a um, principal, 
And um, she's on the National Board of Education for Montessori. She doesn't think she's as smart as she is, but she is very smart. Um, she's really easy to make fun of. <laughs> and okay, she takes jokes really right well. There. No, because you take jokes really well. It makes me feel like I'm funny. Um, <laughs> it makes me feel good about myself at your expense. Um, but she also has done a really um, great job at just doing her motherly duties as a mom, but also um, balancing, you know, being a teacher and being the above and beyond type of teacher that she is. And then now administrator. So by anything else, is there anything else you want to add to that, Mom? She's a grandma now, too, and a great-grandma. I'm not a great-grandma. Oh, not a great-grandma like that. Lord Jesus, let's pray over that comment, <laughs> because I will put me. myself in a grave if I became a grandma. <laughs> Gabriel? Oh. <laughs> She's a fantastic grandma to her grandchildren. Um. I am no longer a board member of the National um, American Montessori Society. Uh, I am a past member. I am a member of the Maryland Montessori um, Schools of Maryland, the Montessori Schools of Maryland, but um, not on the National Committee for um, AMS anymore. Why? Um, because you, you, it's just one of those things that you serve so many terms, and my term was over. Oh, so they just kick you out? Well, it's just like being the board member of on at any school board or anything else. You're just on for a little bit, and then they have new people come in for new ideas. It's all good. I Well, looking at the way our educational system is, I wouldn't consider it all good, but that's a topic for another day. A whole other day. <laughs> okay. So, uh, Mom, how old were you when uh, you got married to Dad? We're just, we're just, oh, that's disgusting. Um, we're just, we're just setting the baseline to make sure that you pass the lie detector test that we have here. Did 12 pass it? <laughs> Absolutely not. Okay. 18. You're 18. <laughs> not much better, y'all. Not much better. Mind you, she, she turned 18 after she graduated high school. So just keep that in mind. Um, Okay, so when y'all, when you guys got, I have an older brother, so they had, they got married, they had a kid, um, then they got pregnant with me. Mom, where were y'all living when you got pregnant with me? Don't say the city, just describe the area. Um, when you live in Indiana, if you're not living in Indianapolis or Fort Wayne or Gary, you're basically living in the country. So we were living pretty much in the country, very small town, Indiana. How far away was your next door neighbor? Oh, just across the street. Is that the next door? Um, did you, what happened when you had, did your water break at the house? Well, yeah. Yeah. My, um, you coming along, I knew the exact day you were going to be born probably two months before you were born because your dad had a contest scheduled for that day. And I said, um, no, that's not going to happen because you're going to be with me at the hospital because our daughters or our child, we didn't know whether you're going to be a girl or boy, our child will be born that day. And he thought I was blowing smoke, but 
lo and behold, I got up in the morning and went, mm, she's coming today. But he wasn't like, there, was he? Huh? He wasn't there, was he? Yeah. He was at home? I thought you had to walk across the street and call because uh, you guys didn't have a phone. Well, we didn't have a phone, but um, we didn't call anybody. Well, he had to, he ran, to, didn't ran. He drove to school so he could tell people, you know, that he was gone. It wasn't an emergency situation. Your, if no. your water broke, it was because where did you have to go to have me? <laughs> well, the interesting thing is my water didn't break before we had you. It broke at the hospital, but my water did break when we uh, before we had Justin, and we had a two-hour drive before we even got to Grandma and Grandpa's before another half-hour drive to go to the hospital. And why did you have to go to Grandma and Grandpa's first for him? We already um, were planning to go that day. Because uh, he started classes um, the next Jesse, day. Jesse, you're, you're not answering the question, Mom. Why did you have to go there? <laughs> Instead of going directly to the hospital like you should have? Oh, because we had a dog we had to let off at Grandma and Grandpa's house. Yeah. <laughs> so you drove two hours to drop off a dog. Cause, did you guys not have friends that would have watched the dog for you? Well, not all the way where we were because we were going to stay with Grandma and Grandpa. Because he was going to start classes at Ball State. So we were going to be staying there for a couple of weeks anyway. So we had to bring the dog and all of our stuff. We had everything packed. So now we know what's wrong with Justin. He went so long in the birth canal without any water or anything to protect him. Okay. <laughs> um... So then with me, you guys still had to drive, what, 45? So you had contractions. You start having contractions. Yeah. and yeah. Okay. And you got to the hospital. The, how far away was that? An hour. Yeah. So, y'all, that's how far away. They, that's, if that describes where they lived. They, and they had no phone. So they lived in some place where the closest hospital was an hour away. And they had no phone. Can y'all, can we? Okay. Mom. Would yeah. that be acceptable to you, for me? Well, of course not. <laughs> okay, I just wanted to make point that out. But you survived, right? Did you survive? Would be the real question. Well, clearly I'm here, touche. <laughs> I got game. You got game. We're gonna edit that part out. That was lame. Hey. <laughs> That's for your own good, because that was lame. <laughs> Sean says, Sean says he likes it. You can come over here. You're, you're allowed to come in. Oh, uh, you can hear me. Uh, anyway. Okay, Mom. Um, let's see. Describe me as a toddler. And we had, I had an older brother, y'all. So we'll just put that in there. There was um, influence is my, is what I'm trying to get to. <laughs> What are you trying to get to? Anything you say that's bad about me, I, I was influenced. I was under the influence. Please. No, because you were such an active little thing. When we had boundaries, even at two, Justin would tell on you. You would try to go upstairs, and he would point and say, Mom, no, Mom, Mom, because you were supposed to go upstairs by yourself. Right. But... Uh, for the good or the bad of it, you were so stinking cute, people let you get that by with just about everything. 
Well, I must have used it all up by the time I was an adult. Okay, so I was I was um, a rule breaker, huh? I was a risk taker. Yeah. Pretty pretty um, consistent there with my my characteristics. Good to know. <laughs> I'm still that way. Go right to the edge, but not over it. I would consider hitting my head, doing something I shouldn't have done on a diving board would consider be considered going over it, Ma. I would consider that be definitely going over the edge of testing my boundaries. Um, well, you weren't a toddler then either. No, but I'm just saying I would yeah. go to as a toddler. Yeah, I'd go to the edge and not. But then because I'd always... You know, you kind of up the ante every time you get closer and closer until you hit your head on the yep. freaking diving board, <laughs> you know? Yep. Um, okay, so then describe me in elementary school. It's okay if you just use one word to sum it up. Social. Oh, that's not the word I was going for. <laughs> what were you going for? Genius, of course. <laughs> I thought we were telling the truth here. Like a Doogie Howser. <laughs> Like a Doogie, the next Doogie Hauser, you know. Um, but social. I will also say a very. She, um, she doesn't mean that. Person. She doesn't mean the social in a, in a positive way. My name was on the chalkboard all the time in elementary school. But but let me tell the whole story. You also had such compassion for other people. Um, we were a Title One school. I was uh, a special ed teacher in the same school where you went. And um, you never had crayons. I would have to buy you crayons all the stinking time because you would always give it to other children in the school, in your class, who did not have their own crayons. Do you remember so, a girl named always... Brandy, Mom? Yeah. You know who I'm talking about? She had glasses. Uh, like yeah. a. Yeah, I remember she had these pink corduroys on, and we were in um, people are pit were picking on her so bad that day she looked cute like it was probably the cutest outfit she ever had on and it was clean and they were picking on her they matched it matched her glasses and the reason why i remember is because when i saw the movie hope floats um the little girl in hope floats had an outfit on kind of just like hers and it always stuck in my head because i remember like standing like right next to her tell you know kind of like telling them stop it I felt bad for her. I sat with her that day at lunch. I did. I remember that because that was the first time I really took notice of, like, bullying. Well, did you remember the time when you told your middle school math teacher that one of your friends got the right answer? He didn't have to get it the same way that the teacher did. Are you talking about Mr. Leffler? Ew, he got on my nerves. Or was it Mr. Stuckey? It was Mr. Leffler. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was about Justin. He was talking about Justin because he was ready to give me an F already knowing it was on that stupid pound cake. It was on that stupid pound cake. Um, everything. It was that stupid pound cake recipe. And I remembered um, he you and he went back and forth about it when Justin had him. And because you wanted the cake to be correct, like made correctly. And his recipe wasn't the recipe he gave wasn't correct, but he wanted is to him. It was about following the steps and whatever. 
and I don't know, getting a bunch of free cake. <laughs> but <laughs> um, so I said something, and then somebody else had said something too. And yeah, you're right. I didn't like. Well, actually, this was a different time. Even you and he must have gone around a lot. Oh well, we did. Um, yeah. One of the boys that you were um, really good friends with, yeah. we were good friends with a family. Um, he really, really, really smart. Probably the smartest kid in your class. Matt. You know, I, I do the confidential thing. I'm in education. I don't share names. So, but yes. <laughs> the, um, Mom, we all know was, you act like we came from a big town. <laughs> well, there are people from all over listening, maybe so. Um, oh no! I'm can't. saying they if they were they can know where we can, they'll figure it out. Like it, it wouldn't be hard for other people to dig and find out. So go on. Matt had very quickly found the, the solution to some math problem, and the math teacher was really upset. Said no, you didn't do it the right way. And Matt said came back in course and said that he got the right answer. And the math teacher again was arguing with him, and you stuck up for Matt, saying he got the right answer. What makes the difference? So then, did right. I did I get a detention? Um, I don't know, but you gotta call home. <laughs> that was one of many. Cause then the next year, <laughs> the next year, uh, I got in school suspension for throwing books, <laughs> throwing books and papers and pens and all. I wasn't the only one. There was like eight of us throwing stuff up into the ceiling because there was a hole in the ceiling. And then one day I threw a book and the whole thing came crashing down. There is a lot of stuff up there. There was a lot of stuff up there. It's not funny. It's not funny. Okay, describe me as in high school. Busy. Busy, busy. Um, because you were the... Uh, one of the main pitchers on the high school softball team, you were doing travel ball and you did, you know, softball year round, year round. We we practice on the weekends. We'd go to school and practice. Uh, gosh, one year you did band for your dad because he needed somebody. You just did all kinds of projects. You're busy, busy, busy. How long? Um, when did I? When did we start doing youth group? Did they have youth group when we were um, middle school, probably? Right, or was it? Or did they have elementary age? I remember we had small but mighty, which was, I thought, what um, Chuck and I had chosen for the name. I couldn't remember if it was for youth group or if it was for Sunday school. You know, you did do something in elementary school because you went when we were we lived over at, um, in Shadeland. Yeah, I know. But I don't, I don't know. I think we did. I think we. I mean, it might not have been every Sunday, but I think like we did like maybe for the elementary school kids. I think like Chuck would do something. I think you would. Bible school during the summer. Yeah, and then we had, but we did um, Sunday school every Sunday because you know we had to get our oh, yeah. our hostess cakes from Chuck. <laughs> um, 
so this podcast, Mom, I haven't told you, but it's going to be called Small But Mighty. And it, and it's um, it's called Small But Mighty, a podcast about connections. And so it'll essentially be like connecting the dots between just anything from science to history to just different things. Um, and this is the first episode, so we're doing a get-to-know-you episode. Hey, can I tell you a really cool connection? Sure. You may or may not think it's cool. You probably will think it's cool. You know, I'm going to um, Miami on Sunday to do an accreditation visit for a school. Uh, it's a private school. They have four campuses. And the owner of the school served on the AMS board when I was on there, so I know her. And she opened her school in 1963. She did her training with a person that trained directly with Maria Montessori. Oh, that's cool. Does she want to open up a school in Indianapolis? <laughs> no, she's retiring. She's Who is she giving her, her schools to? Her son. Does he want to open up a school in Indianapolis, Indiana? <laughs> I don't know. You should ask. Just put the mosquito in his ear. That's the specific. The schools that they have, they have three um, primary classes primary school, you know, just a three to six year old mm-hmm. and one school then that goes to high school. That's so great. Just right there in Miami. It goes from middle school all the way up to high school? Yeah. That's fine. He can come up here. <laughs> they one. That'd be great. I'm gonna add him to the list. There you go. I should come with you to Miami. I need a team. It will be a busy, busy time, let me tell you. I didn't say I need to be with you. I just said I should come <laughs> to you in Miami, and I can introduce myself to him and then go hang out on the beach. If he wants to come have a Mai Tai with me, I'd be more than happy to discuss it. <laughs> I'll come to Miami. I will introduce myself to him, and then you guys can go do what you need to do, and I will go sit on the beach and enjoy myself. It's essentially what I did the last time I went to Miami. I haven't been before. Oh, oh, really? Oh, you need me to come down so I can so I can um, show you the way of Miami. We need to. I need to buy you a string bikini so you can fit in. Okay, yeah. You don't have to be clothed there. Just let it all hang out. Too? What? Can I go topless too? Yes, let's tell dad. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you just let it you thought you thought Ocean City had some wild stuff. You're going to be in for a treat in Miami. Woo! I didn't know you've well, never been. Yeah, well, I won't really see it because I will be working the whole time. Mom, you will see yeah. it. You will no, see it. See the booties. Mom, you you can't you cannot miss it. I promise you. There's no way around it. It's naked bodies. Well, half covered, not even half covered, like triangles everywhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I'm not exact. I wish I was exaggerating, but it's kind of free down there. It's not really, but it's essentially, like Sean said, it's a different country. Essentially, make sure you get some good. Um, there's ask somebody, I forget the name of the place, but if you ask anybody down there, they'll be able to tell you where I'm what I'm talking about. It's kind of close, close to where um, Dash, if you can remember the name Dash, where Dash used to be. Um, there, 
there was um, this really good Cuban restaurant, and it has the best roasted chicken and black beans and rice and plantains and it is but this this is like one of the most famous places there like it's a small like it's not small but it's also the most reasonably priced place for the amount of food they give you they give you like a half a chicken mom wow yeah you know what i'm talking about but i mean yes family owned and like every you go down there you ask ask about this spot mom everybody will be able to tell you it's popular it's so good so so good okay um so because i promised i'd ask the question who's my favorite artist artist oh music yes whitney whitney yeah whitney 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 that's right it's kind of a no-brainer i mean how many people can really say that they saw that saw her twice not very not Not my age not too many people can say they saw her twice that are my age or yeah sean said period period Who, how many people can say they saw her on opening, her opening night, and her very last interview done with Oprah? Me. You and I. <laughs> and, a few, and you know what? Not very many people probably in the audience at either places could say that. But, oh, nope. Mom, both places were in Chicago. Look at that yeah. connection. <laughs> both of them were. Her opening night for that tour, her last, that wasn't her last tour, it was her second to last. So... The, that was in um, Chicago, and then we had essentially front row seats because the first three rows in front of us were all VIP, like her fan club or whatever. So yeah, we were pretty lucky. It was yeah, I was, and I wasn't even supposed to have have that. Like we didn't. That wasn't my birthday gift. Who was my birthday gift for turning eighteen? Do you remember? See, my parents had this rule that they didn't follow with my brother. I'm just going to put that out there, that we weren't allowed to go <laughs> to the, any concerts. Wait a minute. Can you hear that? Um, <laughs> can you hear we that? Weren't, we weren't allowed to go to any concerts till we turned 18, and they held it for me, not for him. But there really wasn't anybody I wanted to see other than Whitney. But the next person I got to see at the time wasn't... Um, they were they were worth it too, so I'm not complaining. Do you remember who it was, Mom? Did we go with you? No, Kim went with me. That's my best friend, I don't y'all. Um, oh, it God. was in connection with a really popular movie at the time. A movie I happened to see 17 times in the movie theater. I don't know. I told you it is going to be a memory issue. There is a memory issue. It had a big boat. Titanic. Titanic. Oh, so, um, Celine Dion. Yeah. Can you say that more clearly? (laughs) It's clearly. Celine Dion, yes. And I'm going to say it was probably the most cheesiest performances I've ever seen by somebody as big as she was because they had a whole boat her whole setup was a boat and she went to the mast of the boat and sang my heart will go on and had the 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 fan blowing and everything and i was just like this is too much for me yeah who was it that uh, your dad and i went with you to go see um... tim and faith tim mcgraw and faith hill yeah 
those country people. Oh, that was fun. Okay. I enjoyed it. Tim was looking good that night. <laughs> I had a good time. That was a really good show. I loved it. Actually, that was probably one of my, outside of Whitney, well, I haven't been to very many concerts because once I went to Whitney, it was over. Like, unless somebody else is sending me there, I'm not going. Um, Tim and Girl on Faith Hill, actually, I really enjoyed it. But I knew every single one of their songs and I sang along. And I can sing in Tim's range. I can't sing in Celine Dion's range. <laughs> I enjoyed that concert. That was fun. Tim well, puts on a good show. Country, it was a decent concert. Tim puts on a good show. I don't know. Luke Bryan puts on a good show, too. I interpreted for him. He's good. Sh he's a good showman. That was enjoyable. So what was your favorite show that we saw on Broadway? Oh, God. It doesn't have to be a musical, just anything. Well, I know. I mean, you know it's going to be uh, To Kill a Mockingbird. But I oh, really, God. I really... I really loved uh, Beauty and the Beast, though, too. Because at that time, they did things that nobody was doing with the illusionist with Chip and stuff and with the cart, like how, how to make it look like he didn't have legs on and, like, how they hid all that from us. That was really, like, really cool. It kept us engaged even at such a young age. Oh, no, not such a young age. You were in eighth grade. And what I was amazed with is both of you, like, were on the edge of your seats. You know, for Justin to be in eighth grade to go see a musical, Beauty and the Beast, you know, that's kind of risky. But both of you really enjoyed it. I thought I was in six, we were in sixth and seventh. I think it was seventh and eighth. It might have been sixth and Because I thought there was, like, a year between when, because um, I went to Greece and Turkey Right before my eight, the summer before my eighth grade year, they took me early yeah. because my birthday was in the winter. So I went to Greece and Turkey in eighth, right before eighth grade. So we went to New York, I think, in sixth grade because Kyle was really young. He was a pill, remember? Not in a bad way, just like because he was so young. We were, it was really cold, and he didn't, he wasn't, he didn't like the the play. You remember? Yeah, I do. We like it. I mean, he was, by my remembering, like, he was just young. I wouldn't, like, as a parent looking back now, he was just young. I don't think it was anything to do with anything other than the fact that he was young. Because we then went to FAO Shorts, and that was fun. Yep. Um... What's my favorite Broadway show? Wicked. Oh, or Motown. I would say... No, it was Wicked. It was Wicked? Yeah. Yeah. I pay attention. I just don't acknowledge stuff. <laughs> I do. I pay so much attention to detail. Um, was I bullied as a kid growing up? Um, do you yeah. think? Some, you know, some, yeah, because kids aren't nice sometimes, you know, and um, I think that whenever you don't, you weren't born into a community, that um, people. She's not talking about, like, 
a cultural community folks. She's talking about the town yeah. where we grew up. Go on. Right. That uh, you're always an outsider. And um, looking back, even though uh, you weren't string bean, you also weren't fat, but people thought that uh, you were heavier than they were. And, um, and not just you, Justin also. And people just aren't nice sometimes. You don't have to be diplomatic. You're retiring next year. <laughs> <laughs> it's just the way I talk. Sorry. No, it's not. You're being, you're, you're ice skating. Um, it's fine. Cause I'll just, I just want you to confirm some, you know, cause I'm, I'll be connecting dots and stuff. It's okay. Um, do you think that, uh, do you think I'm a perfectionist as a kid? Do you think I was a perfectionist growing up? Um, did you see? I don't growing up uh -oh. I think you've grown into that you don't think I was by, by the time I was in high school well by the time you're in high school yeah you know so different parts you know like you wanted to do it exactly right on the softball team you know those kinds of things the things you know, that, I, you were all that in, I liked yeah, when you were all in on something, you were all in. If it's important to you, it's if, if you're all there. That hasn't changed. Yeah. That's that's a, a constant. Okay. Well, I know you're going to have to go soon. And then, have you made dinner yet for Dad and you? Um, we don't always get to eat together on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Oh, because he has he practice. Has practice. Yeah, he, has, he already left before I got home. Do you want to tell them what we're talking about, or do you want me to tell them? <laughs> what kind what? of practice? Oh, tonight he is in, practicing with Frederick Community Band. And do um, they dress night. up, too? Do they dress up for the Civil War reenactment stuff? <laughs> no. No, they, um, they just wear ties and white shirts to their concerts. Now, when he's with Spire's band, that was last night. They wear tuxes and bow ties. Um, they have really, really good uh, concerts because um, there are people for, like from the Army Band, mm -hmm. the National Army Band, come and play That's with the them. one that's a little bit difficult for him, right? It's hard, yeah. Yeah. He has to practice for that one. He's in three bands. The one that's here in Roarsville. He's the uh, youngest. Just, <laughs> in Roarsville, he's the youngest member, right? He's not the youngest, but he's one of the younger, for sure. Uh, one of the guys just retired from it, and he's 92. So he was, dad's about yeah. to be 70, so. <laughs> and he's one of the younger um, ones. Yeah. And that's the one so, that wears, the, they wear, do they have the hats and stuff? Yeah. The, the Civil War hats and stuff. He plays for the union band, you guys. Let me just put that out there. He's a, a union yeah. union guy. Okay. But. He doesn't really practice it with them very much because they always play the same kind of the same music. So he just goes for performances. Mm -hmm. they're, they're big, it's kind of like Goldilocks and Three Bears. Their music is really too easy. And then the Spires Band is really challenging. And Frederick Community Band is just right. Is it? It is. <laughs> Thank you. 
for talking to us all like we're in elementary school. But that's a great point because I was just listening to I was just listening to a um a podcast, um, this guy called Mastin Kip, and I'm going to bring him up later. So this will be a good segue back to what I was going to be discussing anyway, um, that, you know, he is just kind of talking about how life is like um, the three bears, like Goldilocks and the three bears is you try this over here. No, that doesn't fit. And you try this over here. No, that doesn't fit. Oh, you got this. You, you just keep trying things until you find just the perfect thing. So, yep. yep. All right. Well, thank you for uh, hanging out. I appreciate you. Go eat something and then go off to your meeting. Tell Malcolm I said hello. Well, he got a haircut today. He's not very happy, but I'll tell him. Why'd you cut his hair? It's cold. Because. I wouldn't be happy with that kind of hair. It grows too much and it gets stuck in places where it shouldn't get stuck. You could have him just, just, mom, you can have him just trim those areas. That's what they did. They they don't they don't cut it very um, short during the winter. Mm. I'd be mad at you too if I was him. Can you? No, he's mad at your dad. I didn't take him. Dad did. <sighs> Malcolm, you'll get to meet your newest friend here soon enough. And anyway, you know Malcolm dresses. He's got all kinds of dapper wear that he can wear. Uh, be seen in. Yes. They warm. If there are any pet shop store people who make clothes and stuff my mom is your perfect demographic she will throw all of her money at you well that and grandkids you know and kids i'm not complaining i'm not saying you don't i'm just saying in general she spoils her dog well as long as you admit that it goes your way too we're all good i do I never said I don't. I'm just saying that dog is a mini terrorist and doesn't necessarily need to be as spoiled as he is. People say that about all of my children, all of my family, including all the dogs. I guess. I need to go, sweetie. All right. Love you. Bye. Alrighty, everybody. That was my mom. Now you learn even more about me. Next week, we will be discussing the difference between PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, and PTSR, post-traumatic stress response. We're going to talk about the differences between big T trauma and little T trauma and the fact that... um, Almost everybody has some sort of trauma, whether it be emotional, physical, mental, or whatever. And so we're going to discuss those things. And we're also probably going to get into a little bit of body science and talk about the vagal nerve and all that jazz. So stay tuned for next week or tune in next week so you can uh, learn something about yourselves and your our bodies. Have a good week, everybody. See you next week. Bye.